0: You do what you say you're going to do. you be excellent in everything you do. Now, if you're all of those things, would you believe that you should be able to charge as much or double? Absolutely. Absolutely. If that's the case, then why aren't we?
1: Hey, everybody. This is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. All right, man, we are live. Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast i've got my buddy aaron parker with me here today Aaron, you just sit there and look pretty for a couple minutes because i've got some cool stuff i want to share with everybody first thing i want to talk about is just say thank you thank you for the online or the itunes reviews that you guys have been leaving me i'm just gonna be honest it warms my heart every time i read one so here's what i want to challenge you with i want to challenge you one of two things all right because if you're listening to this podcast, you know you've entered the no bitch zone, right? The journey of a new entrepreneur zone, it's the no bitch zone. So be who you are, do, do, do what you say you're going to do, live who you really are. So if you love this show, go give me a review. And if you hate this show, get on iTunes, give me a one-star review and say, Bobby Walker's a bitch, I don't like him. all right? Do one of those two things or I don't respect you, all right? So I want to see one of those two. I want a five-star Or I want a one-star. I don't want none of this in-between crap. So anyway, uh, but thank you guys for that, those of you that have left it. And those of you that leave me the one-star, hey, thank you for being real and not being a bitch, all right? Unless you're leaving it because your butt hurt, and then all of a sudden, you're just a bitch leaving it all. But anyway, but that's that. Um, Okay, I I went a little further on that than I had anticipated, but you guys, you know what you're getting into when you you listen to this show. Um, Second, I just want to say, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel, go on there, YouTube journey of a new entrepreneur, check out my story. You can see it from almost three years ago, all the way to today, just kind of seeing how we've built the business and grown. And then, uh, the last little thing on that, we actually have a journey of a new entrepreneur Facebook group now and it's pretty cool. We are getting a lot of people in there and uh, it's been a pretty good place. Uh, We're not talking about how to clean the thing and how to deliver the thing and how to cut the thing and how to paint the thing we're talking about like how to grow the business uh, how to increase average ticket prices how to uh, effectively like cold call and door knock on residentials I have a uh, an interview in there with a couple of guys that have built multi-million dollar businesses on door knocking and they did an exclusive video in that group telling you the basics and the tips on how to make that happen so it's pretty cool stuff journey of a new entrepreneur Facebook group and um, and and I guess that's all the announcements. Uh so the last thing before we get to Ryan here is I just want to say once again, big shout out and big thank you to Bid and the team over there with Bid who have uh sponsored the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. Uh First off, I just think it's awesome that someone would want to sponsor the show. And second, the fact that it's a, a, a service that I've been pushing for so long and talking about and in love with for so long, it's just super cool. So here's the thing. I've been talking the uh, last few weeks where we're sponsored a bit. I say it's not just a tool that books stuff for you online, but you can actually also uh, you know, do this and follow up and postcards and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Well, today I want to talk about the thing about your website and online bookings. Responsibid, one of the things it offers is the fact that you can put a button on your website and people can go on there and get an accurate quote for the services that you provide. I mean, accurate. Bob, you don't understand. My thing's too complex. No, it's not. Responsibid can handle it. They can get an accurate quote. Once they get the quote, it does a great job upselling them on packages. Then it gives them an opportunity to uh, buy right there from you. And then it gives them an opportunity to schedule themselves on your calendar accurately it has intelligence built into the scheduling and then it allows them to put a deposit in your account so you can make sure it's not just some yahoo on there just you know messing around it's like people that really mean business and the next thing you know you you wake up in the morning or you get out of the lazy river or you get out of the movie theater and you got money in your account and you got jobs on your schedule for your technicians to go do and you didn't have to do anything for it so here's the thing here's the 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 evidence I want to give you. This is since October 1st, and today's October 7th. So it's 8.13 p.m. as I'm speaking on October 7th. So since the 1st, I've had a $720 job book online, a $1,420 job book online, a $1,310 job, a $200 job, a $320 job, a $510 job, a $330 job and a $180 job. Now, these jobs are a combination of people just going to my website and getting a quote or response to bids, sending them follow-up a year to two years after we've done business with them and giving them a link to their quote and them re-signing up with me. And every one of those th- those jobs I just rattled off, that's $4,990, and I did nothing for it. I didn't do anything. They put the deposits, I had $499. Of deposits in my account and these people are just waiting for me to come out and do it it's freaking awesome and here's what I did for you journey of a new entrepreneur listeners you get a special that no one else gets you get one additional free month of service when you sign up with a response bid you get a discount on the upfront price you get a discount on the monthly price and you get a discount on uh, or and you get a free month of service literally no one else can give you that offer. You can't go to Responsive bid directly and get it. You can't go to any other affiliate and get it only journey of a new entrepreneur listeners to get it. I negotiated this with Kurt myself and he loves and appreciates you guys. So go to J N E bid.com to get your free month. You also can go in there. Oh my God. I'm not even lying. I'm going to show you this on a uh, Aaron. Look at this. Can you, can you read that? Can you read this? this uh, notification
0: your bid went, just went pending
1: my yeah. bid just went pending. so as i'm giving this live read here i just i gotta open this up let's see here what happened all right aaron can you read this guys i'm holding this up on the webcam aaron can you read it oh hold on let yeah, me I uh, need to schedule, it dude. did you see the uh the amount right over here 300 bucks 300 bucks as i'm doing this live read i've now went. From forty nine ninety to fifty two ninety, in online bookings, I'm doing a podcast right now and just made 300 bucks. That's honest to God truth. If you don't believe me, send Aaron a message. He'll give you his contact right at the end of the show, and you can see that that was not BS. That's, That's freaking compliment. awesome. So anyway, I love response bid, but make sure you go to jnebid.com, and just go in there and check it out. There's a two-week free trial. It doesn't take any money, yada, yada, yada. So, Aaron Parker, how the hell are you, man? what's
2: up
1: dude how are you <laughs> so uh so glad to have, me, have you on the show you and i connected i don't it was this year we kind of like i think we had a phone call and like a couple of like we snapchatted each other with a couple like a couple of duck, duck face pictures or something like that right and then i don't know we talked on the phone and then you were kind of like eh, i'm gonna blow off bobby no big deal and then um yeah. And then we
0: actually
1: well, well, I don't know. That's the way it felt. But
0: <laughs> this is
1: the way it felt to to my sensitive heart. But um, but then you and I actually met each other. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. Look at this. Can you read those? Can you read any of those? What
0: PayPal payment?
1: All right, guys. I'm going back to response a bit. I just got another email here. So the PayPal one, they did the thirty dollar deposit right there. The middle one says that they scheduled themselves on my calendar. And then the top one is just another PayPal notification. And I actually. Isn't it fun to get paid on your phone? It's freaking awesome. It's freaking awesome. But anyway, you and I, we just got to know each other a, a, a month ago. We spent a few days in Nashville together, which you live in. Do you live in Nashville?
0: Yeah, man. I live right in the heart of Nashville.
1: Yeah. So I was down there in that BBB event that all my listeners know about. And that was the first one that you had attended. And uh, we met, so I got to know you a little bit, but I didn't get to know you a lot. So that's a great natural segue to say, Aaron, tell us a little bit about who you are.
0: Oh man, um, well, yeah, dude, I, I love uh, Dalkey and I love BBB, and it was great to meet you and great to meet the the rest of the guys who are much much bigger than me in this uh, world of the service industry. I was a little fish. Um, amazing guys who have such large businesses uh in this world there's but, some, um, yeah
1: there's some big 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 hitters out there
0: a lot of uh, a lot of moving pieces um but yeah man so i basically uh how did i get into this this service industry world i was i was in music in nashville for uh since 2010 i'd played in bands forever and um had a guy who was a record exec here uh, in the city tell me that I should be here. He was the first guy who didn't have you know any skin in the game, and that meant a lot to me.
2: He mm-hmm. could
0: have just told me that I was I sucked or whatever and go home, but he told me I should be here and um, so I moved up here and I was doing the thing playing playing touring um touring with a lot of my heroes and uh, well it's, it's time, time to this uh, is a
1: perfect time to name drop
0: so. <laughs> uh who have I toured with I've probably forgotten a lot of them um I've toured with Loretta Lynn Travis Tritt Trace Atkins Joe Nichols uh, oh man um Craig Campbell Chase Rice Cassidy Polk um now were Nick you Anthony. in the their bands
1: or were you like an opening act or, or what were you doing when you were on the road I
0: was just an opening act yeah yeah so I was I was opening the shows for them and nice. uh I had like a great setup, man. And, um, I had a great agent, great manager, a list manager the whole, the whole setup. I was about to do a deal with Sony records and, uh, went through a divorce and that kind of torpedoed the whole deal. Uh, life changed had a have a little boy during that whole period of time. So, uh, your priorities start aligning yep. and you're like, you know what? Um, I got to make this happen and uh, I was sleeping in my van at the gym for like two weeks. No shit. Uh, A little 24-hour gym here because I could sneak in at like 4 a.m. and whatever when the owner wasn't there (laughs) and uh, shower. And um, so I did that for like two weeks, and then I got me a house, and I saw a guy who was cleaning windows in the plot with there. And I was like, well, shit, man. That's a stick with some rubber on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's all it is that's all it is like where do I find one so I went to Lowe's that's the only place or Home Depot I bought a crappy little China made Unger or whatever they have those crappy ones there Unger's mm-hmm. usually really good now I figured that out then I went to Lowe's and got it uh, you know their version of Ed Array, you know mm-hmm. and um, dude just went to knocking went to knocking on plazas you know thinking that's where the money is right that recurring yeah like you know figuring out that you know the coffee shops only wanted to pay me 20 bucks, and I was in competition with the homeless guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Well, I don't like competing with the homeless guy. So um, I dove heavy into SEO in the nighttime and learned SEO all through 2017. And I was like, You know what? I got to figure out what makes this thing tick. I got to have leads, I got to have people calling me. Um, so I learned that and um, started washing in early 2018. and. Uh, it's been, it's been off for the races since then, man. So, so you were, good.
1: you were in a van down by the river in 2017. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: yeah. So it was, 2017 was a dark year, man. It was, tough. it was probably one of the toughest years of my life. So let's talk
1: about that in a second, but before we do, let's get back to like the drugs and rock and roll stuff. So was that pretty crazy? I mean, was that, uh, like as seen on TV or t- tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, you can have whatever you want. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> very uh, good. Very good. And uh, yeah, so it doesn't really matter how big you are. Um, mm-hmm. If you're on a on a circuit kind of like that, where not the local guy, I, I was the local guy at one time, and that's not really the case with the local bands in that. But once you get into this this scene, where you're positioned much higher, mm-hmm. according to promoters. A lot of different things come out uh come out with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different echelon of yeah. approaches, shall we mm-hmm. say. That's cool. Uh, so you gotta say you gotta make sure you keep a good head on your shoulders because
1: Do you have many memories or did they have they kinda faded? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, I was lucky that I didn't kinda dabble with that stuff. I'm all, I'm kind of a, a control freak in that way, that mm-hmm. I really I don't like being uh called by anything, alcohol, yeah. anything like that. So um, so yeah, it was, it was fun. I got, I was married for a little while, so that kind of tamed me. But before yeah. that, you know, it was, I didn't deal with drugs, but I do like women. So yeah, fair. that can be, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit that.
1: So were you ever one of the bands that, uh, you know, played on the main strip there, Broadway and Nashville? Did you ever do that stuff or was it always traveling?
0: Man, I made a, I made a decision when I moved here in 2010, I was never going to play that because. Mm-hmm that can become, uh, not that, you know, you're better or worse, whatever, you know, most musicians are broke until they're not, but for me, it could become a vortex where Mm -hmm. you're getting paid like the equivalent of what you're spending Mm -hmm. and guys are, you know, they're getting $200 a night or whatever. And then you start living that life and then you can't get out. So I was like, I'm not even going to opt in. I'm going to eat beans and rice. I'm going to figure this out. I got a publishing deal um, with Garth Brooks's publishing company, and um, I was writing songs for them. Oh wow! And uh, and then that kind of took off into the agent world, and I started getting on bigger and bigger shows and and stuff like that. And then uh, Sony Sony started talking, so and that's when it all went
2: down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Here comes window cleaning.
1: Who? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's interesting stuff. So now. So you've got a YouTube channel, which is called
0: uh, the Lean and Mean Academy.
1: The Lean and Mean Academy on YouTube, and uh, you've done pretty well with that. You, I think you start. Did you start that this year?
0: I did. Yeah, yeah. I started kind of figuring out how the YouTube algorithm works a little
1: bit. So you're, you're doing real good on there. You got a lot of content. The uh, YouTube thing going. Uh, that's pretty cool. What else? Uh, what other kind of things you you doing? I mean, you're pressure washing YouTube. Is that kind of it right now?
0: Yeah, man. So um, I started the Lean Mean Academy uh, a little while back. You know what I I saw is that there's, I didn't see any, um, how do I say this? I didn't see any void of guys with 10 trucks, you know, five trucks teaching in the Mm -hmm. market, right? And like showing guys how to get to 10 trucks, right? That's apparently, you know, everyone's goal. Um, for me, I was like, man, that sounds like a lot of headache. <laughs> yeah. And that's not my goal. That's like the antithesis of my goal. My goal was to, you know, maximize profits and maybe just take my financial situation from, you know, say someone who's had got a job at Verizon to someone who could make six figures doing this type of business. And what are the main movers that we need to plug in to get the business to that, to where it's just like a, a financial life change. And it's not something that's overwhelming. And, you know, you have a lot of debt, a lot of overhead and a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Going on. So that's what the lean and mean Academy was built on.
1: Yeah. Lean and mean. I like that. Okay. So, so basically, because there's, there's many ways to win, you know, and I think one thing that happens a lot, I probably, probably been guilty of communicating this before Uh, i don't feel this way but i've probably been guilty of of basically saying it um the uh you know you you can go in and want to build a business and and get big and eventually hopefully work yourself out of it and still make money and have a big behemoth out there and that's one way you can also stay lean you know small, you know, lean and mean and um and be that owner operator. And frankly, you take home a lot more money. Like say a guy that's doing two hundred thousand dollars in revenue is is taking home more money if he's the owner operator and that's like and he just wants to kind of stay there, he's gonna take home more money than the guy that this maybe even doing like eight hundred, nine hundred thousand in growth mode. You know, um, I, I was talking to a friend, uh I was having dinner with him uh two nights ago, he was visiting down here with his family in Orlando. And uh, he's going to do like 1.1 million this year. And his salary is 45,000 bucks. Now, next year, he's going to be taking a lot of distribution. So he's going to be able to to cash that in eventually. But when you're growing, you know, there, there's a well when you're when you're owner-operator, there's a lot of money to be had. You know, a two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar business can be done with two people, um, and there's not a lot of overhead at that point, huh?
0: There's not, and that's what I did see. I, I saw that if you want to go beyond like that three hundred thousand, what I did see there was a guy on uh, Facebook, and he had like the dream truck that I, you know, wanted in like mm-hmm. 2017. I still want the same truck. It's like a seven point three. It's like a a 2000 model flatbed. that has got like a 14 foot bed on it, like a long bed, you know? Oh yeah. It's it's a unique bed for that year. It's very long. Usually they're not that long. I think I
1: know the truck you're talking about. I think I've seen it too. Yeah.
0: I think it's true clean out of New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I was like, dude, you know, what are you doing? He's like, I have two trucks and each of his trucks made like, you know, an astronomical amount for like 40 K a month each truck was averaging. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is insane. I understand that the area, right? Like New Jersey has yeah. so many people. You can do it. Your area has a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Rural area could turn those numbers. But um, if, you have the, if you have the population, I was like, man, the overhead would be next to nothing. And you could have potentially a lot of take-home pay there. So I feel like if you're wanting to grow beyond, you definitely have to opt into the model.
2: Mm-hmm. And that
0: for me was like, I'm not, I'm not going to buy into the model mm-hmm. of that portion of time. Like you're saying, it's like, okay, you're taking the company's making 1.2, but you're only taking 45. I was like, what if we created YouTube around and a, and a, and a model around like just giving obnoxious leads to like one or two trucks positioning it unique to the market. And, you know, maybe just taking a guy from the job he hates at corporate America and allowing him to have more time with his family and own his own thing, and you know yeah. that's what the Lean to Mean Academy was about.
1: I do want to clarify one thing, just so uh, things aren't taken out of context. So, listeners, I'm not saying that someone that's doing 1.2 million a year can only pay themselves forty forty five thousand. This case, this use case or this scenario that I gave was a guy that did like six hundred thousand the year before, and he's going to do like one point one one point two this year. And because of that aggressive growth, he didn't have everything had to go back in the business. So for those of you listening saying, Bob, you're crazy, there's some context there. Now, if he wants to live at 1.1, now there's some money to take home, but getting to that point was difficult. That, that was the point, but no, Aaron, I love it, man. I love what you're doing. And I think there is a void there. Like, I don't know, I don't know of anyone else that's out there saying, Hey, uh, it's okay to just. I mean, I say it, it's okay to be an owner operator. It's just not my goal. So I don't talk about it a lot. You know what I mean? But uh, it's okay to, to, you know, just be your own boss and go out there and make a whole hell of a lot more money than most doctors are making. You know, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Well, and that's what I saw. I think there's a lot of men out there. What I saw is that there's a lot of guys out there, gals, whatever, with one, they have a truck,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
0: They have a Z71. All right. So that's the starting point. And I was like, man, if we could just monetize this damn truck that's sitting in the driveway, like, yeah. If we could SEO the, you know, the website, get the right website, get the right marketing, you know, the equipment to me was like tertiary, man. Like, if I have a ton of leads coming in,
2: mm-hmm. like,
0: I'll rent the damn equipment, you know, and we'll go figure it out. But as long as I think we're a lot of guys, say that again. And-
1: say that. Rewind and say that again. I try to say that all the time, and I think people think I'm crazy. Say that again.
0: Equipment is third place. Um, Marketing and being able to close a sale is first and second. Like if you have too many leads, like you want to get to a point where you have so many leads that you're having to tell people, I'm sorry. Like you're having to weigh out, like what's the size of the job? Is this most profitable for me? And when you get to that point, your whole attitude from scarcity to abundance Mm -hmm. changes. Like everything changes for you because, you know another bus is coming, so you're able to sell so much easier because the air is different. You you meet with the prospect; it's different, dude. I remember when I was eating beans, man.
2: Yeah. And
0: I'd be like, "Well, I'm booked up. I ain't got shit on the books, man. <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> I'm
0: like, I'm just selling it, right? Just trying to create some sort of posture and prestige that yeah. wasn't there, and uh, it was it was a tough time. So if you can actually have that and have a booked up schedule for, you know, three weeks or a month or whatever, dude, you're just like, Hey man, y'all want to do it or no? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. pretty easy sale, you know?
1: Yep. Well, it's funny. My, my buddy, Josh, the guy I was talking to on the phone whenever you, when we got on the call here uh, I was talking to him a couple of days ago and he's like, you know, it's so funny. I've always tried to tell customers, like I've always tried to act like, you know, we're, we're booked out but it's like everyone seems to just love it and appreciate it when you can say, Hey, we can be out tomorrow. Everyone loves that. And it's so funny. I think what it comes down to, uh, you know, he and I talked about this and I think it comes down to like just insecurity because you see yourself. Here's the thing. We don't look at ourselves. Some people do, but I mean, I think most of us, we don't look at ourselves as a real business. It's like, no, I'm not a business. I'm just, I'm just a guy that's like trying to make it happen. You know, And when you go talk to a customer, you feel that insecurity and you're like, well, maybe if I tell them we're booked out a little while, let me see if I can fit you in the schedule, you know, kind of thing that'll give some credibility to who we are. When in reality, they already like you. They already trusted you. It didn't matter. They're asking you about the schedule because you already did a good job. They just want someone that that'll get out here and and do the damn thing tomorrow. But I've heard a lot of guys, they say when we were small, we always wanted to act big. But then when our company got big, we had this problem because people like to do business with small companies. We got big, so then we had to like start trying to make ourselves look little again. Yeah. And I don't know. You had a
0: you had a high tech and high touch situation where you were like, Look, man, we're real big, but you want now you're now you actually are. So you're like trying to implant like more human Interaction yeah. and be like, no, man, like we can actually fit you in.
2: Exactly. I man. totally
0: get that. You know, I, I would like, I would always pull the, uh, <laughs> now we are booked out, but I think I may have a slot
1: tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I just had someone cancel on me and I haven't
2: had a chance I, to I'm fill it up.
0: Money, you know, <laughs> so you got to get it how you're going to get it, man, mm-hmm. or before, before it starts rolling. That's the thing that I think a lot of guys, as far as the journey of a young entrepreneur
2: mm-hmm. or
0: a new entrepreneur, um, is that you just have to be undignified? My brother calls it "go out and shake the bushes." You got to go out and shake the bushes, man. You got to go shake some hands, kiss some babies, and speak. You know, walk in some doors that you've never been in. And uh, you know, to some people, I can imagine uh, that that is like the most terrifying thing that could possibly be said. But I think that you have to go and do the most terrifying thing that to you whatever that yeah
1: whatever it is no i I, listen i are you uh you know of josh latimer i'm sure like do you you know the dude i've heard of the guy okay i didn't i didn't know if you'd listen to his stuff so um you know he always has this thing do hard things yeah that's one of his monikers do hard things and it's uh like if i can look back and if i can give myself some credit for a minute and pat myself on the back because i do that but i also I also call myself out when I'm being a bitch too. So, I, you know, I'm going to take the moment to pat myself (laughs) on the back. I've done those hard things, but it's funny. Like what you just said, those are the things that do terrify me. And it's weird, uh, passing out flyers, not even talking to people, just putting them at the door. Right. My heart, my heart races, my heart beats, you know, and, and I'm, I'm scared and nervous and paranoid and all that stuff. And I kind of got over that eventually. And we built the business up to doing $20,000 a month doing flyers. And then I switched over to like basically AdWords and some postcards and stuff like that. So in the la- and you know this because you're in this group that, uh, the BBB group, I've started doing these clip flyers started last week. And every time I go out and start throwing those things, it's, it's the same way. Every, every day, it's the same thing. I kind of, I'm looking around, I'm is anyone watching me? I'll throw my first one out there that you hear that clip <sighs> kind of skid across the concrete. I'm like, do you want to see that? Mm-hmm. And then I go to the next one and I'm a little paranoid. And then about three or four or five of them into it, I say to myself, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you, Bob? You, you've got a future to build man. And then I'm like, screw it, screw it. And then, then I just like, kind of, I have to pump myself up and get there, but, it, but it, those are the things that, um, everyone's like well i don't want to be that pushy salesman i don't want to be this i don't want to be that i don't and i'm at the point where i'm like you know what i just don't care like i want to be a good well, dude. maybe you
0: should maybe yeah. maybe maybe that's your darkest part of the forest yeah campbell would say you know carl young talking about the shadow self. that's mm-hmm. the voice you got to really heed that voice because that thing when it's telling you i don't want to be that pushy salesman well maybe you should just go there once
1: exactly yeah maybe and
0: you should that maybe that's the thing that you need to go do because you're so scared of it that look i believe one thing man. i believe no one's confused you're not confused you're just avoiding it
1: couldn't agree more well l- <laughs> let me jump back to your point so like if you're that guy out there that's saying i don't want to be that pushy salesman because i see that all the time i see people say that sure. all the time uh but but i don't want to be fill in the blank, whatever, you know, listener, whatever your thing is. And what to Aaron's point, Aaron, tell me if this is kind of what you're getting at, because to me, you need to do that thing. Not because, I mean, listen, pushy salesmen, they're not good salesmen. They're not, but maybe you need to do that to conquer yourself. Maybe you need to do that just to, to, to break yourself. Like last year I did this thing where I like mornings just always whip my ass because I was just a big old bitch and wouldn't get up in the mornings. So I, one day I'm like, screw it. I'm going to wake up at 4am for 30 days, which was like, you, it may not sound like a big deal to you. It was a big freaking deal to me and it was including Saturdays, including Sundays. It didn't matter. I didn't have stuff I needed to do. So I would wake up and sometimes I'd sit right at this spot right here and I'd be like watching videos on youtube so i wouldn't fall asleep but i'm like i was doing it not because i needed that time i was doing it because i needed to do something hard i needed to do to break myself you know and uh i've been i don't know why i've been talking about you know all a bunch of spiritual stuff lately but uh it's it's like the bible talks about dying to yourself you know and kind of like leaving that behind and and you do you you gotta do those hard things you've and just because they're hard. If you're not doing something hard, just find something that's hard. just for the sake of it.
0: Well, you'll feel like a lull. You know, uh, Julian Smith, there's an amazing book called The Flinch. And I recommend this book to everyone. It's only on ebook. book And uh, I wish I made money off the pitch. But uh, <laughs> Julian Smith wrote The Flinch. And I'm going to tell you, dude, he talks about this, uh, this lull that you feel whenever you're not doing hard shit, mm-hmm. you'll feel kind of lost and you feel like you're in he calls it a corridor like a hallway and he means that you need to go find another big door a big a big hard thing that you need to go do and uh that's like my compass at this point is you know you talking about not being a bitch uh that's my compass is basically convicting myself being super self-aware on where i'm letting myself down and also how am I going to sit here and like tell my son that he should go do it? But I couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, like your son's not going to do what you say. He's going to watch you and he's going to do what you do. Yeah. And that for me is something like a sword. My why that I wield against myself when I'm being a little bitch. Mm -hmm. I I'm like, how am I going to sit here and say, yes, son, you know what? Dad couldn't hack it, but I hope you can go out there and hack it. It's Mm -hmm. just like, that's like the age-old lie. I think. I think you got to quit lying to yourself, and you got to go do the hard shit every single day. Everybody's got their own level of hard shit, though, right? Like everybody's Everything's active. relative. Everything's relative. So, I mean, even billionaires have hard shit mm-hmm. to do. And all right, guys.
1: That was that's the episode, folks. We're signing off. That's all we needed to hear. No, keep going. But that's good shit, man. I mean, I don't know if we. Had, I don't think we can say anything better,
0: Aaron. Dude, it's about the removing the whole woe is me thing. Like I'm real I'm I have a lot of animosity against like woe is me narrative. Same here. And, well, that's uh, that's the bitch thing. That's what that
1: when I'm always talking about the bitch, you know, it's like I, I talked about this in an episode I released a day or two ago, a little mini sode, but uh actually it's a good one, guys. Go back if you haven't listened to it. The one that says the devil will take you back is a good it's only ten minutes long, it's good stuff. But the point though is a bitch. I'm not referring to someone that's like beneath another person. A bitch is someone that allows other people or themselves to keep them from going after what they want in life. The woe is me, the victim, you know? Uh, sorry. I'd say, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know, I'm not sorry. I do this all the time. But. somebody
0: who's, you know, basically going to chalk up. Everybody has their own story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even your mentors, right? Yep. Even your mentors have their own story about why. Say like one of my mentors, age old mentor, Tony Robbins. Tony has a reason why he can't get to blank. And you would be like, well, Tony has, you know, Tony has a place in Fiji. He's almost a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Of Like personal development, right? He's one of the top guys ever, but he still has his own narrative about why he can't up a level. So everyone is constantly conquering their own shit. Mm-hmm. Or they're not, right? Or they're going, and they're yeah. bitch about where they're at. So for me, that's just me constantly convicting myself every day and looking at myself in the mirror. And I love go, it. Not today, man. Not. Aaron, today. Aaron if thing? I get
1: a J and E shirt made that says "former bitch" on it, will you <laughs> wear it if I send you one?
0: I'll wear it for a little while. No, right. people might. Do I have to sag my pants or? Is that <laughs> <me>? No, <laughs> what? I don't know where that came from. <laughs>
1: No. Bitch. <laughs> i'm i think i'm gonna make one for myself so.
0: i don't know that people would know what it meant maybe well like, they don't
1: have to i'll know what it means you know what i mean that's the thing it ain't for them it's for me so <laughs> former bitch right here folks so that's funny former bitch i guess they'll uh it'll probably have a different connotation for the rest of the public but
0: Maybe like what is what is this? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is this about? Is this
1: uh, an advertisement? Is it or an invitation? <laughs> is uh, he really
2: good at food <laughs>
1: <or> what? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's too funny, bro. That's too so okay, so Eric. we gotta do hard shit. We've got to challenge ourselves. And um but I love that you're saying this stuff because it's really it's ultimately what this show is about, which is pursuing your dreams, pursuing your goals, getting, you know, I, I don't want to say goals, dreams. It, it sounds kind of cheesy. sounds kind of Walt Disney-esque, but pursuing your dreams, that's, that's ultimately what it is. And you can't get there by sitting on your ass on the couch, watching movies every night, playing video games every night. You can only get there dying to yourself. You can only get there doing things that are hard for you. And then if you continue to do that, those things will have to change, to your point, because they won't be hard anymore. Eventually, whatever that struggle was isn't going to be a struggle anymore. And then you get, you get to, to punch through that next ceiling. So good stuff. Next topic. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do with my hands. What,
0: what, 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 so, 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 you know, go ahead. This is your show.
1: No, you go. Now that tells me that you're like, Bob, you're not doing a good job on your show. So you you have a direction. Just take me there. I'm just, I'm just here for the ride, man.
0: No, I'm going to tell you like what I'm, what I, what I'm scared of. I, I think, uh, because this is literally how I operate. Mm-hmm. I just operate based on what I'm scared. Of, like yep. where I'm actually and self-admittedly scared to do. I think this is the formula. Like people want to know like the formula. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, I was scared to learn SEO. I was like, you know, all the voices was like, you could never learn Do You realize like people, like everything, right? Everything mm-hmm. goes off in your head. That, that other voice, you know, people like techie people learn this. You're not, you don't know. This. Like when I hear that voice, I weigh it out versus the ROI, right? Mm-hmm. And the amount of buy-in that it's going to take. And if those two are positive, like I'll learn it. I'll figure it out or I'll at least get good enough to where I can hire it and know what's going on. That's my thing. So for, you know, I learned uh, Infusionsoft in like 2018 I became like a partner with like the automation software Infusionsoft. And that's kind of where the future is uh, where I'm going as far as automation and Shopify e-commerce and that world, Mm -hmm. just because, I don't like smelling like bleach. Um, (laughs) um, I I love what what we've been able to do with this little business, but the model, I want to transition into something a little more automated and uh, a little more uh, worldwide Mm. instead of, you know, just amazing what you can do with Facebook and Google ads and and organic SEO. Um, So that's kind of where I'm taking all of this late night study, shall we say.
1: Cool. Yeah, you got the crazy uh I was telling you before we started recording, you remind me a little bit of Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which of course you said you never watched it, but you got this board behind you with lines going everywhere and string tied to pins and just kinda <laughs> oh, no. I, I remember <laughs> just that
2: was that excessive. But um, yeah,
1: you are. I, I I watch you and I'm like, holy cow, this dude's intense. You know, like you're I see you as a, a laser focused guy and um I'm I'm very impressed with uh, just we'll we'll say that tenacity that that I've seen and what you're going at. I'm a little jealous of you. It's like every every person I have on the show just always makes me feel bad about myself. I'm
0: not gonna. Well, that. dude, I'm gonna tell you one thing, dude. I've seen very few people that have been. You know, let's stroke each other's ego here. Um, I've seen very few people who have have been able to penetrate like a market with their, and you know me, dude, I'm like constantly viewing like positioning and how the brand looks Mm -hmm. like that's what I love to do. So I see the Bobby Walker brand and I'm like, this is (laughs) really good. Like this guy has been able to penetrate a society and not only like do it genuinely, but like people like, like you, like people genuinely like Bobby Walker. And I'm like, this is might be more lethal than you are aware of. Okay. Maybe. Well, you, you know what the secret is. You may be, but I don't. I'm just putting it from the outside looking in. That mm-hmm. like this is uh this, this could be kind of like a Dave Ramsey level type of situation.
1: <laughs> you know. You know what? I'm not even. Here's what I want to do. I'm not going to say no. I'm, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm. I received that, Aaron. I'm. I'm not going to put a self-limiting belief on myself. Hell yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. So, okay. Can I tell you about something, can I tell you about something cool that happened today? Yep. I, I don't know. I, I like what you were saying. And, and I don't know, I, maybe I've had too many coffees and I just can't think straight right now. I don't know if we were done talking about what we were doing. My wife, now you can't see her, but she's just off, off screen right over here. She, uh she quit her job today and Just saying that doesn't seem like a big deal. People quit their jobs every day, you know, but she uh, this is a woman that about five or six years ago when I was telling her that I wanted to do a business and she was too afraid for me to try to do that on the side, might I add, she was afraid for me to try to do something on the weekends. Don't know why, because I was keeping my regular job, you know, but it was just kind of that typical fear thing. What you were talking about. I'm bringing this up because of the self-limiting beliefs and breaking through that and stuff. So here's a woman that during a conversation five, six years ago, I said to her, Melissa, you're worth more than minimum wage. Cause the only kind of jobs she would take were like the low paying jobs, like a receptionist at an elementary school and things like that. Cause that's all she thought. She just didn't value herself, you know, in, in that way in the, in the, in the workforce. And I said, you're worth more than minimum wage. And she just like broke down and bawled, and not like, not the kind of bawling. It's like, Oh my God, my husband loves me and believes in me. You know, it was like, she couldn't, she couldn't like register all that. So our family over the last few years, you know, like I ended up losing my job and I'm like, screw it. I'm going to be the captain of my own ship. I'm going to start a business. We're going to do this thing. And my son started it with me. And, and, uh, my wife, she started us, she started a business, this one that cried because I said she was worth more than minimum wage, started a business about three months ago. She was all excited about it and then fear gripped her and she kind of went into a shell and she just went to her regular job and kind of left this one on the side and, and um, she was forsaking it and wasn't, wasn't growing it. And we had a talk about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And I was like, babe, let's shut it down or let's go all in. But you know, let's like, let's, let's do this thing or let's just shut it down. There's no, no harm in that. Who cares what anyone online thinks? We'll just shut it down. And the next day she came back, she says, no, I'm doing it. This is my dream. I'm going to do it. I'm like, awesome. Friday, she gets a call and she says, hey, one of her, her, basically her only cleaner put in her notice. And I'm like, what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go full time. And I'm like, fuck yeah.
2: I love this woman.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, And she doesn't, she doesn't have enough revenue to replace her, her income. She's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit. And, and I'm going to stop not pursuing my dream and I'm going to go after this thing. We had just listened to a video from Jim Carrey where he told the story about his dad. And he was like, my dad wanted to be a comedian, but he didn't think he could. So he took the safe route and became an accountant. And one day he goes to work and he gets laid off. And Jim Carrey says, I learned that day that you can fail at the things that you don't like. So you might as well give yourself a chance at the things that you do want and we had listened to that like three or four hours before her, her employee quit and she's like I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm at least going to give myself a chance to fail at my dreams. You know, I'm not going to guarantee that I'm not going to get them by doing the shit I don't like I'll give myself. I, I don't know where that's going but I just wanted to well, show it. you,
0: like, you got to think man like, so then what is safe?
1: Well I, I, I don't like, know the answer to that but I think it's safer on this side of the fence that we're on.
0: Well, at least you control the outcome to an extent. At least you control like the shoe leather that you put on the ground, right? Every day. You know, I think it's great. The unique thing is that there's a lot of successful individuals, at least in the commerce realm that I've noticed who have started window cleaning businesses, like owned them. It's weird. It's like the world that I'm in now and, you know, I'm kind of in this in-between um, yeah, they're like, yeah, man, I' own a window cleaning business <laughs> like what is this? I think it's this. uh I think it's the whole like creating something from absolutely from nothing. nothing and you can truly go around and knock on doors and change your life like it's cliche to say, but like, dude, for real, like mm-hmm. you can do that with that type of business, and um I think that it, it's really honest and it's really humbling, but it'll really show you who you are,
1: yep. you know? Absolutely.
0: My so, mom has always kind of dealt with that kind of thing. My dad was an entrepreneur and owned an auto shop um, for years, but he was like that artisan, you know? Mm-hmm. He was the guy and uh, my mom worked at a fishery, still has. like She doesn't own the company, but she's been there for like 30 years. She's like the only sea level position that isn't a family member. Wow. And she had this level of devotion and this loyalty that I observed from a young age that I realized could be amazing, but it also could be toxic. Because I believe that winners, like winning, can you can win based on attrition, man. Like if you just go out yep. and just crank, you know what I mean? And just, mm-hmm. I will beat doors from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. I don't care.
2: Yep. Like if
0: you just do that, right, you can win. But I believe that the real uh, masters at this game are not just window cleaning or pressure washing, the real masters at business know when they're losing and when to get out. Mm. And that's, a, that's a, something that's like the whole never say die thing, you just might die. <laughs> 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 you know, Jim Rohn said something real profound one time. He said, you know, they were going to try to get this guy. I started in network marketing when I was in like 18 years old and I mm-hmm. did that whole thing. And, and I, I recommend anyone who's wanting to learn how to, you know, get into personal development or speak or, you know, get in front of a crowd and conquer that fear to do it. But he said, they were trying to get this guy to the meeting. And eventually, you know, the guy would never go, oh, I'm going to come on Tuesday. And he never come. And they'd be like, you know, I'm going to get him to the meeting if it kills me. And he said, you almost died trying <laughs> to get this guy to come. And what it shows me is that, like, there's a point that some will, some won't, so what? Next. Next. Yep. Who cares? Like, you put so much weight on this one win. Now, you got to see it through to the end. you got to yeah. close. You have to close. If you're not closing, you're going to lose. Well, let but, let um, me ask you a
1: question on, on your ahead. point here. So, you know, you're saying, you know, some people need to know, you know, when to cut their losses you know, uh, in it to the end, you just might die. So here's been my philosophy. So tell me if this lines up with what you're saying. Uh, I've, I've said on my YouTube channel before, maybe on the podcast that, um, I know I'm going to win. Like I'm ta- and I'm talking about this business thing. I know I'm going to win, but I'm not confident that I'm going to win with this current business. Now I'm feeling better about it now than I was like maybe a year ago when I said that we're, uh, we're still, you know, there's things could happen, but we're, we're doing good now. But my point was, this was, I might, I might fall on my face and completely tank, you know, this pressure washing and window cleaning business. But if I do, I'm going to, I'll cut my losses. I'll dust myself off and i'm going to find the next thing that i'm going to go do and i'm going to be just like those velociraptors in in Jurassic Park where you know i'm going to just test that fence oh there's electricity at this spot i'm going to back up and i'm going to move over a foot oh shit there's electric there i'm going to back up move over a foot oh shit there's some more uh, you know and i failed and i didn't hold on to it i i, I right. you know but um but i'm going to keep going until i find the spot that i can get through is that what you're getting at there is that is that absolutely
0: because I don't believe that this story ends where you think it ends yeah okay I believe like with me right the rock tells something similar I'm nowhere close to that level of finances but he tells something similar that he had in his mind convinced he was going to be a NFL professional football player yep and the universe had something different in store. But think about yourself in that moment. Like for me as a country singer, right? You couldn't have talked me out of it.
2: Yeah. I
0: knew where I was going. I knew stadiums was happening, bro.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: there was a trajectory. And you, you know how intense I am. So mm-hmm. there was a trajectory. There was writing on the wall. And there was like, how am I going to get there? And the funny thing is, man, is that you don't know how this story ends. But all that I can do is just keep hitting, keep hitting, adjust, pivot, figure out. And honestly, here's the truth. If this window cleaning business tanks, I put that in air quotes for everyone listening. What's tanking? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah, I don't right? know. I, like, I, yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean you're, you're making multiple six figures? And, you know, like, what, like what, what does it mean? You know, does that mean you only have two trucks? Damn it, we should have had 10. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Right? And so yeah. there's also a thing that you have to measure, which is like quality of life. Mm-hmm. Which, do you enjoy this? Do yeah. you enjoy, can, could you stomach that and be happy and be happy with just like that? I don't know. For me, my big thought was like, I I really don't want to be tied down to anything that isn't my son, my family, the people I love. I want to be able to be anywhere in the world and be with them. And I also want to be, you know, autonomous in that way. I want to work with who I want to work with. I want to be with who I want to be with and I want to make the kind of money I want to make. So I have to find a model that can provide that. Because for me, right, pressure washing and stuff like that, you can you can do that. The problem is, is, with my model at least, is that I can't be anywhere in the world. I have to be here. Yeah. So that was one of the things that I was like, well, that's not going to fit my end game. Mm-hmm. That's not fitting the model that I, I have to reverse engineer this goal that I have. Yeah. So what is the thing that I can put into the model and basically build out that will give me those things that I see for my end game, my end goal. And um, so that's what I think that, you know, that's a higher level entrepreneurial thought. But if you're just getting started, it's just like, Hey man, let's get, Let's get six figures on our belt and then figure out
1: where to go next. <laughs> so, so I want to respond to something you just said. I want to, I want to get your take on this. So you, you said, uh, are you happy doing this? You know, so, and it, you said it rhetorically, you know, but so what if I were to answer you, you know, Bob, would you be happy if you, you know, if you asked me, Bob, would you be happy if you just stayed where you're at right now? I couldn't pay myself anymore. My business didn't get any better. I didn't have any more free time than I have right now. Would I be happy with that? What would you think if I said both yes and no? Like, can, can, you, can you go there with me? Like, you know, yeah, I would. And no, I wouldn't. And, and I'll elaborate on that. So that was my rhetorical, you know, question. You
0: know. I'll go there. Go ahead. Okay,
1: so, so here's the thing for me. I actually, it reminds me of a podcast episode I recorded one time called, uh, So I Like Miley Cyrus, Sue Me. Okay. That's a good episode. You should go listen to it. It's a great title, a great great title. <laughs> and um, you should go listen to it. I talk about why how I like Miley Cyrus and uh, a little bit of T-Swift. I threw her in there too, but, um, but the point, you know, Miley's got that song, the climb, you know, it's about, you know, it's about the climb. It's not about the pinnacle, you know, and I think what has made a difference for me, just in my day-to-day happiness. And I think it's also made a positive difference just in my business is I finally, I've said, you know what? If I don't ever like own one of those little like huts over the water in Bora Bora, I'll be a happy person. I I want one of those, like at least, at least a timeshare that I can stay at it like four months out of the year. You know what I mean? At least that,
0: what are we doing? Yeah.
1: But like I want that, but, but like, if I don't get that, you know, you, you were talking about your son and your family and everything. And I'm like, man, as long as I've got like my wife and my kids and, you know, just the people that are important to me, I I could choose to be happy right where I'm at forever, even though I like have the, so, so that's the yes, but it's not because this is what I want to do. It's just because it's like, I think a lot of things in life, it's a choice, you know, like when our satisfaction and our happiness, but then on the flip side, I do have like this competitive thing where it's like, you know what? Let me just go a little sillier with the illustration. If I was thrown in some like socialist country or something like that, where I wasn't allowed to go beyond where I'm at. Right. Let's say there really was some outside forces keeping me and I had to do this thing and I
0: can't get bigger. I can't, you know, whatever. I'd be like, With the same mindset you have now, or with the propaganda from
1: well, with with my same mindset, where like I have, I'm a capitalist at heart, but I'm I'm in this I'm in this situation. I'm not happy that I can't do what I want to do, but I can still be like, well, I got one life to live, so even though that sucks, and I'm going to see if I I'm going to do the raptor thing and hit keep hitting the fence and see if I can find a way out of it. But I'm also going to enjoy the fact that sky is blue or that it's raining because i can enjoy both and i'm going to enjoy the fact that you know my wife's over here and maybe she's even bitching at me today but that's cool she's there you know and my my kids are awesome and my this or that you know and so i could choose to be happy there but on the flip side uh like where i'm at today the reason i'm i can't be satisfied staying here is because i know i have a higher ceiling
0: you know Your what i mean so more.
1: yeah i know i have the potential so like i could choose I don't even know that there's a point to that. I don't know that I, this is just me kind of like just maybe sharing my heart. You know, I don't know that you need to respond to that, but I'm just like, I'm happy with where I am, but I'm not satisfied with where I am. Here's my thought.
0: I think that you have to decide what wall you want to put your ladder up against. Mm-hmm. Everything that you do is going to be hard. Yep. Okay? Everything like like it's all hard, dude. building a business is hard. Look, think about it for you. Just going and getting a like a check, like an hourly check now.
2: Yeah. Oh that'd be
0: terrible. like, bruh.
1: You well not not that. everything's hard. I arm wrestled Dan Plata one time. <laughs> Easiest thing I ever did in my life.
0: <laughs> I love the uh, I love the the plug there. Oh D flat. <laughs>
1: He's a great bookkeeper you know, though. Anyway, carry on.
0: The Illuminati of the service industry. Um. Um <laughs> But yeah, man, I think that everything, everyone has their own version of hard, like think about this, right? Like a guy who owns, uh, there's this huge company, I don't know who owns it, but it's called Perfect Power Wash out of Ohio. Mm-hmm. They've got like 40 trucks, 50 trucks. Wow. It's probably the largest pressure washing company that I've ever seen. I mm-hmm. mean, on the website, right? And we're over here, you know, talking about like little things that this guy's like, bro, that was like 92. Yeah. Yeah, I went through that in ninety two. Yeah, this is what we did. And and it's funny because I just that's what I mean by choosing your hard is that it doesn't matter if you're always progressing and you're always like uh you know looking at yourself from that point, like, am I being a little bitch? It's mm-hmm. always gonna be hard. So there's all, it's just forever gonna be a struggle. And that's why I love Jordan Peterson. Uh, because he just teaches me a lot about life is not about being happy. Life is about struggle. That's where the happiness is. The happiness is actually in that tension, that struggle and that desire for more and that desire to get better and to enlighten yourself a little more today and maybe be a little more empathetic yeah. <laughs> sometimes to people. That's sometimes hard. Um, like like I, I can
1: actually, I completely agree and relate to that because like for me, true happiness is like being on a private beach with, You know, like a daiquiri or a a, a, of um, what a funky monkey. You know, is that what those things are called? Like, you know, the chocolate, you know, banana rum drink. And because the struggle is like, how the hell can I get my waiter over here again? You know, and and that, but but I'm so happy in that moment, even though I'm constantly struggling with getting a drink fast enough.
0: And I know you're hilarious. You're being funny, but like, (laughs) but the funny thing is, is I think about that, and that sounds really great. But I think about like an hour after that thought Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there by myself on a freaking beach. And I'm like, all right, now what? (laughs) None of my buddies are here. It sounded good in the picture in my mind. I'm kind of like tired. I want to go, this is odd. I want to go back to Alabama. Can I go Mm. back? (laughs) You know, like I know no one here in the Maldives is saying that, but how do I get a flight to Alabama? Right. And it's, uh, very true man the the best things are, are obviously free but dude like this whole pushing you know and and figuring out your model and how you're going to optimize it that's the fun shit you yeah
1: know,
0: figuring out how to make more money
1: so Aaron, I'm, i've got to change gears a little bit here mm-hmm. uh potentially the most important question you've been asked all year okay um definitely definitely in this episode uh And I really don't know how to ask it. I think I just might need to be blunt. So in being blunt, let me beat around the bush and paint a picture for you here. All right. So I don't know. I was in Nashville the other day. I kind of used this illustration the other day. But when, when I was down there in Nashville with you guys, there was this really cool alleyway. There was a saxophone player in there. We went and ate fish and chips at this little, um, pub that was kind of like underground. I don't do you know what I'm talking about over there, just a couple blocks off of Broadway. I don't know if there's a bunch of places like this. And there's like four or five little restaurants in this alleyway. It's pretty cool. Pretty neat thing. Something out of a movie, you know. And you you know, you you take one of those electric scooters and you're like putting around Nashville. You decide to go to that little pub and eat some fish and chips and you turn down that alley and uh just like the listener that I, are the the guest that I had on the show the other day, a couple of semi-trucks, semi-trucks, they, they, as soon as you get in there, they block both sides of that alley. And, um, but what's really weird about it, there's no fog, but it is nighttime. The lighting's pretty cool. You know, it's like perfect lighting. But that saxophone player is still out there. He's just playing some really cool, like, bluesy, you know, saxophone music. The, the echo is just perfect. Like the the acoustics, you know, for the sax, is just like on point. And you're like, wow, this is kind of weird. And the next thing you know, someone announces, they're just kind of yelling over one of these semi-trucks. And they're like, Aaron, today you're going to fight to the death. And semi semi-truck A has a horse-sized duck in it. And then truck B has a thousand duck-sized horses in it and we're going to release one of we're going to open one of these trucks up and then whatever comes out of it you have to fight to the death you don't get a break you die or they die saxophone players are going to be there and give you some music to enjoy while this is going on who do you pick
0: Oh, a thousand horse-sized, excuse me, a thousand duck-sized horses, right? Is that the other? Yeah,
1: duck-sized yeah, horses. Duck size. Or one monstrous horse-sized
0: duck. Man, I feel like I would pick the duck, man.
1: The big the
0: monstrous duck? Yeah, because if I can get behind that rascal, if I can just, get, he's not too mobile on that that back end. You see what I mean? Ducks, ducks ain't really that mobile behind
1: you but realize can he can fly, him. man. He can, like, dive bomb your ass and yeah, everything. Yeah, but,
0: but we got an alleyway, man. I'm thinking, you know, constriction, you know what I mean? See if I no, can That's get true. So, in this
1: alley, he can't really stre- stretch his wings all the way out, so he couldn't fly. So, okay, I'm going to have to give you that.
0: Dude, and horses bite, dude. Like, okay, like, they'll nip you. Yeah, right? so do, so do chihuahuas. Owls. But so
1: do chihuahuas. Right. Would you be afraid to fight a 1,000 chihuahuas?
0: I don't Think about real strong chihuahuas, dude. Are they strong like horses? Like these horses? That's all I thought about. I was like, if I kick one, it's not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. He's just going to take it. And now we got a thousand more. I, I don't
1: know, man. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. I just.
0: I would die of exhaustion. I just take the big duck. So you're
1: going to do the big duck and take your chances. So, what do you think the odds are that you could win with this duck?
0: not good but you know, well, well if
1: you had to put a put a percentage on it i don't know
0: probably one in five
1: one in five so 20 percent. you you chance that you win i might so,
0: chunk him I, I
1: i think you might you might have a one percent chance one in a hundred but i don't Could know I, i'll tell you what's weird uh the show early on all my guests went with the small ducks or the small horses and i don't know what's happened but everyone's switching to these uh the big duck and i'm just like i think you guys are crazy you know ben hill he was on the show the other day he's an intense dude he scared me when he told me what he was going to do with that duck he said he's like i would go up to that duck and grab it by the throat and rip it throw it out and i eat it in front of the duck and i'm like oh my god you know so him i think i think he could take the duck But
0: you know I yeah i think i don't know man i just picture kicking a, a mini horse like the size of a duck Mm-hmm. And him just taking a kick and it not working. And then I'm surrounded by a thousand of these rascals. Yeah. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure you I'm right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I am. Plus, you are in that confined area. A thousand of those horses, you know, they, they can be. Okay. Maybe in this scenario, you win. All right. Aaron, listen. What do you got going, man? Like, I I, I want to talk to you here in just a second about. About your channel and and some stuff that you got for the guys, but before I do, uh, I normally ask people. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. I normally ask people to share a tip or two or three, you know, some basic stuff that people can do to win. But here's what I want you to do. Your kind of shtick is I, I don't shtick is not the right word, but your thing could be is uh, is here's how a guy can be an owner operator and, you know, make a lot of money, you know, make a hundred thousand dollars a year or something, uh, you know, building this pressure washing company and do it quick. So what I want you to do is give the listeners one, two, not one, two, three things that they can focus on that will absolutely keep them from achieving that goal.
0: That will keep them from achieving that goal. Yeah. Okay. Like, like the pitfalls. Yeah. Okay. So the main pitfall, the first one, let's just say the first one is that you focus completely on equipment and you have talks about equipment.
1: Okay. Elaborate on that.
0: Straight up. Like a guy who's getting started, he needs to go, he needs to sell the job first and then rent the equipment. Yeah. Buy the equipment with cash. Buy, go straight. I would rent until I have an eight gallon a minute. That's what I would do mm-hmm. until I have the money. That's what I would do. And i buy it used. That's what I would do. But that's where you can go wrong is that I see it all the time in the for sale forums where guys are like getting rid of their shit. Yep. And I know it's because they have a terrible website. They have zero marketing. And it's not because the market sucks. And it's not because the guy charging 25 bucks doing, you know. The, the age-old excuses. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with any of that. It's your
1: just, market so. doesn't suck. Your business sucks. That's the problem. Your business
0: sucks. <laughs> and you, and you, you're not marketing. You don't have a good website. The second one, I would say, beyond equipment, is to have a cheap template website that you're running. Okay. That's what I would say. Because here's the thing. Would you do heart surgery on yourself? Absolutely not that's what you're doing when you buy a templated website in a competitive space. Now look, if you're in the sand, if you're in, you know, the desert somewhere, mm-hmm. then there's no market for what you're doing. Anyway, Google's going to rank you high yeah. because there's no one else. So when you buy these certain sites and you invest $29 a month, and then you have $10,000 of equipment and you can't figure out why you're not on page one, it's because Google knows you're playing small. They know. They know you're paying $29 a month. They see the code. They know what the code looks like for a templated site. And if there's any competition whatsoever, hmm. Google's going to bump you down the back because all the guys like you, they have really well done stuff, and they're paying monthly, and they have people optimizing, and they have to, Google's aware. They know everything. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> so I think. Uh, so I think that's the second pitfall that guys, they don't invest heavy in a quality, well done website from a team. Who's going to update it, you know, weekly or mm-hmm. every time an algorithm bumps and every time the algorithm changes they are they're going to do that automatically. Uh, that's the second pitfall that I see guys, uh, guys really, really fall into thinking that that can work well. Um, and I did that early on. I did it for about eight months. And I figured out I was like, dude, I'm still on the third page. Yeah. You know, like what the hell's going on? Like, you know, uh, then I switched and everything changed. Um, The third thing is not investing in foundational marketing principles first. And what I like to call top of funnel leads second. I see a lot of guys that do this reversed. And I know that I just said the website is the most important. Um, and how that's done for Google My Business and how that's done for organic rankings is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But what I see is guys investing tons of money in the peripheral, like they're out giving out flyers early. And I'm like, do you realize that some people are tenants? Like they're just going to throw this away. So mm-hmm. look, yeah, you can invest time. You can get money from that. But what happens when it goes away? It's You have to do it again.
2: Yep.
0: You have to do it again and again. And again, and again, and that's a lot of sweat. Mm-hmm. So we need something early on that's always going to be there, that just is there while you sleep, that's working, that's quality, that ranks well. Um, so the third one would be focusing on like Facebook ads now when you're brand new. Like hmm. Facebook ads is a top of funnel situation. People aren't on Facebook to buy pressure washing; they're on Facebook to socialize. Yep. Now, if I interrupt them with something and they say, "Oh," Well, you know what? My patio's dirty. I, I might go down this little rabbit hole, right? And then they go and then, right, they're oblivious and we bring them into a need. But the best leads that you can ever get are like, Google Ads is usually either your competition or it's people who are really intent to buy. Yeah. So it's either those two people. Or organic rankings is people with high intent to buy. We have to focus our, our, our time on people with high intent to buy now. Mm. All right. Yep. Otherwise, you'll start sweating across the country and you don't have a replenishing source and you constantly have to do it over and over again. So, Facebook ads is easy to run and that's good and that's bad. Um, it's not easy to run well, but you can kind of get into it and mess around for cheap. You see mm. what I'm
2: saying?
0: Yeah. The guys will get into it and they'll mess around and they'll get a few leads, but they're low-quality leads. They go out and the person's like, well, Jeffrey does it for 40 bucks," And you're like, well, shit, this is not the type of avatar that I'm looking for. Yeah, This is someone who is never has this done. You can tell by the house Mm -hmm. and they're top of funnel. I spent my time. I spent 20 minutes driving here to talk to someone about how I'm too expensive. So the pitfalls there are focusing on equipment first, buying a templated site second, not getting a respected quality website company to build your ship. Mm And third, like just uh, dwelling in the marketing channels of things that are top of the funnel or things that require a lot of sweat, equity, and repeat it. Mm. We got to have something that lives constant. All night, all day, Janet can get on. You rank. You got million five stars like you do. And she's like, this is obviously the company to go with. Yeah, um, This is like the response to bid it out. And they bid it and then you, you get the deal. Yeah. Over the phones. And that's that's the those are the three pitfalls that I think guys make early on. They get it all reversed. They buy big equipment, yep. crappy website, and do Facebook ads. And yeah.
1: I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> good stuff. That's good stuff, man. I love it. So Aaron, tell us what what do you got going, man? What you got any stuff to share with the listeners? Or you know, obviously we want to direct them over to your channel. Uh Tell us about what, uh, the things that Aaron has going on outside of the pressure washing world,
0: or at least sure, your man. pressure
1: washing company,
0: you know I mean? Sure. So, you know, I really started getting more uh, info, information um, world when I saw there was a need. I have like a little, a little group here uh, on Facebook. It's, it's a private group, the Selina Mean Group. And um, I started building that out. And what I'm going to do in in early 2020 is I'm going to release the part-time six-figure pressure washer book. Um, And I've been, you know, thinking about doing that for a while, but I I really noticed, you know, from the responses that I'm getting is there's a ton of guys out there who have the ambition and they have the want. They just want to know like the code that we just talked about, about what to invest on. Who to use, right? Who should I use for this? I think, you know, sometimes you ask for a website build on some of these groups and you get like 7,000 hits and you're just like, oh, back to confusion mode again, you know? So what reputable company to use and, and how to build this thing to where it's really strong and you can you know, do your own thing. That's something that I'm building. That book will release probably 2020, early 2020. Nice. Um, and then I'll build out, you know, a couple sales courses. I love persuasion. I love propaganda. That's something that I've learned. My big thing with the lean and mean model is how to sell at high ticket. So I'm definitely the most expensive company in my city for sure. Like mm-hmm. I hear it, you know, from, <laughs> from people sometimes, yeah. uh, but from other prospects, I'm the guy they call, you know, I have a lot of customers that have, you know, 10, 12,000 square foot homes, And I am their dude. And they are glad to pay. They're like, hey, man, whatever you want to do, just if you see something that needs pressure washing, I don't need an estimate, put it on there. So that's about like finding those customers who are willing to pay, but also who are willing to call you again and again and have the money to pay your Mm -hmm. price, your high price. So um, some of these courses will be about how to get those high ticket and how to kind of position yourself. I think it takes courage, you know. It's yeah. one of the big things, but how to get there and then also how to close it. So, and you've, you've um, actually
1: got some videos on your YouTube channel about those topics as well right now,
0: right? Yeah, uh, it was interesting about the YouTube channel. I didn't know it was going to go the way it's going. Apparently, I'm, I'm pretty abrasive, uh, so I'm pretty intense. <laughs> and, you know, look, it's built to run some people's off. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's it's built for that. Like I don't think that everyone um, is gonna is gonna do that. I don't think everyone may not want to do that. But this is just my style, mm-hmm. and obviously I factor in that you have to be integral. If there's an issue, you're back today or tomorrow at mm-hmm. the latest. You do what you say you're gonna do. You be excellent in everything you do. Now, if you're all of those things, would you believe that you should be able to charge? as much or
1: double. Absolutely.
0: Then the second guy, if that's the case, then why aren't we? So that, that's it. You know what? I,
1: I about started to talk, but we don't need to go another 30 minutes here, but I'll just say this. Don't respond to this, Aaron. All right. Don't respond to this, but, but I've heard people say, and I think it's the truth. I don't know that it's the truth, but I think it is that there's value in being the cheapest. And there's value in being the most expensive, but there's no advantage to being in between. Because if you're the cheapest, you win the price, you, you get the price shoppers. And if you, but if you're not the cheapest one and people aren't going after price, you might as well be that most expensive one and sell on value. So that's a thought food for thought. Aaron, you're not allowed to respond just because we don't have enough time. But if you want, we can do another episode. So we can do another one of these in the future. That This has been
0: a lot of fun. So Maybe uh, I enjoyed it, brother. any
1: final thoughts? Uh, tell people where to go to find you, man.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, just go to the Lean and Mean Academy on YouTube. Uh, you'll need to see some polarizing content about <laughs> selling jobs for more <laughs> than other people. Um, yeah. So check that out. Awesome. And uh, some more business bourbon and bullshit. Yeah. yeah. But like the artisan's who's an asshole, We got all these little... Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much, dude. Everyone, thank you for listening. Don't forget, check me out on YouTube, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. Check out... Uh, go to the, the it's JNE, Journey of a New Entrepreneur Facebook group. Join the, join the community. Join the discussion. And go, go uh, join Aaron's Facebook group, too. I'm actually going to... I'm not in it, but I'm going to go join it. Or am, I allowed, am I allowed to come to that? You're totally allowed, bro. Okay. All right. So I want to go join it too. And guys, remember, if you're not doing the things you want in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.